Welcome to the War Zone. The ringmasters are here to break down the world of wrestling and pro wrestling news. Get ready to be thrown off the ropes, smashed into a table, and come begging back for more. And there's only one question. Are you ready? Alright, uh, welcome to the Ringmasters Chippewas. This is uh, Adrian Headache Hedden. And I'm Grant Lefebvre. And today we're going to break down all the latest news in uh, pro wrestling and the world wrestling entertainment. And um, well, first, actually, we have uh, we have a guest in the studio again this uh, week. Um, we got Ricky Cartier from the Imperial Wrestling Entertainment here in Mount Pleasant. Ricky, how's it going? It's all right. We forgot one thing. That's the King Caddy, Ricky Cartier. King Caddy, excellent. All right, cool, Ricky. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your character then? We'll start with that. Um, like, what do you what do you try to do when you get in the ring? Well, you know, I think. Uh, Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little of the Honky Tonk Man. That's probably the like, comparison I've gotten the most in my career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you're one half of the Cartier brothers, right? That's correct. All right, and who's the other Cartier brother? Uh, well, the one that everyone knows the most is Fat Tony Cartier. Although there's actually, was originally three, there was also Vinny Cartier at one point. Okay. I mean, what 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 is uh what's sort of the angle with the faction of the Cartier brothers? Are you guys all greasers, or what's what's sort of the theme there? Um, originally, yeah, uh, we were all doing the greaser thing. We're all um, saying we were half brothers, kind of a little bit of a deadly thing. Uh, in fact, we were three really close friends who met as we all broke into the business together. Mm. Um, totally just kind of stopped doing the greaser thing these days. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that takes us uh, back to the beginnings, I guess. Um, so how did you get started in wrestling? Um, you know, what led to you getting in the ring? Uh, well, I've always been a fan since I was like six years old. And um, always had planned to do it, but um, kind of gave up for a while because, you know, money for wrestling school sometimes is uh, not cheap. Mm-hmm. But there was a promotion uh, being run by Owen Travers called um, Extreme Slam Unleashed XSU. It started training there. and was a cameraman for a while. And then um, I was formerly trained by um, the Richie boy, Brian Wellington, of JCW fame. Okay. Well, I guess um, you talked a bit about how you were a fan since you were six years old. I think a lot of people were, but what made you want to like step in the ring yourself? I mean, why? How, what, how did you transition from fan to actual wrestler? Um, I was kind of something I want to do. Um, this is going to be a very cliche answer that I'm sure many guys give, but... Um, the first time I saw him in Flair, like, that was it for me right there. Yeah, the Nature Boy, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my favorite, of course. Yeah. And what's your uh, what's your earliest memory of Ric Flair? Like, how do you remember him as a kid? Well, my dad was a big fan, so my earliest memory of seeing him was he had just come back to WCW after his you know, year and a half or whatever with the uh, WWF. Mm-hmm. And my, I just remember being such a big deal to my dad, and he would tell me about, you know, Flair and the Horsemen and Crock- you know, the Crockett Studio stuff, and... He was all hyped about it, so that kind of, you know, I fell off of that, and I got interested, and away we went. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, talk about that transition going from a fan to a wrestler, and um, I know you went to wrestling school. How difficult was it to sort of make that transition to going outside of the business to actually getting into the business? Um, it's definitely 
kind of a, I don't want to say culture shock, but it's, uh, it's a shock. Um, as a fan, you I think you sometimes get to a point where you think you know everything and you have a good grasp of business, and then you actually get in there with someone and you learn completely different and that you're wrong. Um, and the training was pretty tough. He was uh, very big on cardio, Brian uh, Wellington, and obviously, obviously I'm carrying a little bit of weight, and I was not from an athletic background. So they uh, put me through the ringer for about eight months before I was allowed to have a match. All right. Um, you mentioned, um, you know, Ric Flair, obviously big influence, the Four Horsemen. Um, and I, I just put together that you've had your own faction, kind of like the Four Horsemen before. Um, so, so what's what's the dynamic like, um, you know, in a faction or you know, in tag, maybe just in tag team and sing, between tag team and singles wrestling? Um, well, factions or tag team, you just got that extra element of having someone there you know has got your back, both kind of in the ring and backstage, and um, you just you gotta learn how to really be one night. I mean, me and Fat Tony, we only have to talk most of the time. Uh, we give a look or a wink or a nod, and we know what we want from each other most of the time. So that that's a really awesome thing. You guys travel you know, together? Oh, go, go ahead. Oh, do you guys travel together? All the time. Um, these days we mostly tag out of state. So, I mean, we've, ever since we started hitting the road, like, it's usually been him and me in the car. Yeah, how far how far have you traveled for, uh, for a match outside of Michigan? Uh, North Carolina, I believe, would be the farthest. And uh, did you get a lot of? Did you get paid a lot for that? Or I mean, what was the? That that one was pretty awesome. Um, all all the gas, the rental car, because we had a couple guys that once we got a rental car for that one, a rental yeah. van. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the gas, the cost of the van, um, our hotel, plus our restaurant pay, the guy, the promoter took care of everything. So wow. that was a pretty awesome experience. Is that common? Uh, I think it was much more common back in the day. Um, Honestly, a lot of promotions these days run kind of without the budget they probably should have behind them, so you don't get that as much. Normally, you, know, you go travel across, you know, hell and creation, and you get your few bucks paid for the match, and that's about it. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, what does it take to make it in the indies these days? I mean, I think you just got to hope the right people see you. I mean, there's, there's no really formal talent scouts who go to like every show or anything, at least not that I've ever seen or know of. So you just want to make good friends and uh, always put in your best effort and hopefully someone will talk and mention to the right people and maybe someone up, someone up there in Vince land will hear of you. So it's basically word of mouth. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, on, that, on that sort of note, would you consider yourself a wrestler or a sports entertainer? Pro wrestler all the way. Why is that? Um, I just, that old school, uh, being a fan of the older school product, and I think I have a certain old school style, and I, I like that. And even though we are entertainment, I think we should always strive to be presented as a sport. We are athletes. Um, you know, that's just my view on it. Although, I do understand the point of the entertainment. Well, yeah, I mean, you definitely have, you know, you have a character that you portray, um, um, and it's it's typically a villain, from what I've understood, um, so I guess I kind of wanted to talk about that. I mean, what does it take to sort of incite the audience um, as a heel versus as a, as a fan favorite? Well, see, I've always thought, I like, I like being a heel, because um, I get to really play something that's not necessarily 
how I always am. And um, it's in my opinion, it's much easier actually to make them hate you than love you. Uh, you know, you a good look, a good snarl, a way you walk, you can get them out of their seats and you know completely pissed off. And the baby face sometimes it can be really hard to go from just okay another good guy resting their eyes to someone they really feel in their heart that they want to cheer for. And the more villainous that your character is, uh, the more you could potentially put over that baby face as well. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, with both IWE and NWO, we have um, quite a few, uh, let's say, younger, brand new talent, you know, maybe a year in in both places. And I love working with those guys and, you know, try to you know, so-called put them over. You know, not that I've been in the business Excellent, okay. Well, um, you got anything else, Grant? I believe that's it. Hey, thank cool. you so much for talking with us, man. Yeah, well, first, before, no before you go, why don't you just tell our uh, audience where they can see you in the ring, um, if you just want to list whatever promotions you're in, and uh, tell us when your next match is. All right, well, you can always find Ricky Cartier and the Michigan Wrestling Organization, uh, based mostly out of Flint, Michigan, but we will be in Lake Orion this Saturday at the ON TV studio, 605, for a live TV broadcast. And, of course, Imperial Wrestling Entertainment out of Mount Pleasant. I believe our next show for them is December 12th. Yeah, and uh, you can catch us out of state, uh, me out of state, all over, uh, in the National Wrestling Alliance, different promotions, um, Pro Wrestling King on occasion. Also, shout out to uh, the Takedown Wrestling Alliance in Down River, Michigan. They're always a good place. I, I stop in there quite a few times. So, fans, please support these promotions. Check them out. And always stand by independent wrestling. Yeah, we just want to point out that Imperial uh, Wrestling Entertainment in particular is right here in downtown Mount Pleasant at the Mag TV Studios. It's a free show. Seating is limited, so um, but it's a great way to come out and, and, and be entertained and watch some wrestling. You know? yeah. I was pretty surprised to see it in a small town like this. Um, one, one thing I wanted to ask you, too, and I'm going to ask, start asking my guests this a little more, I think, is uh, can you, could you, would you mind just cutting a promo for us here on the air, just to give us a taste? Well, absolutely, we can do that. Right now, I want to talk about J.J. Hughes and the Michigan Wrestling Organization, a young up-and-comer who decided cheap and decided to take the cheap way and join positive promotions. And this Saturday, the Great Lakes champion, the King Caddy, is going to take him to the woodshed and show him how it is to be a man, and that's cooler than the other side of the pillow, Jack. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot. That was awesome. Um, I really appreciate your time, and uh, I'm sure listeners will as well. Definitely. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Cartier. Have a great night. You too. All right. See ya. All right. All right, guys. Well, that was that was Ricky Cartier um, uh, from the uh, Michigan Wrestling Organization. That's MWO in uh, based out of Flint, Michigan. They'll be in Lake Orion, I guess, this Saturday. Also, um, IWE Imperial Wrestling Entertainment here in Mount Pleasant. Um, Ricky Cartier's, uh, you know, I've been around for a while, so I'm glad we were able to get him. Yeah, yeah, pretty experienced. He comes from that faction, uh, mm -hmm. Cartier Brothers. Um, mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, if you're interested and you happen to live in the area, please check it out. All right. Well, so for our weekly uh, Raw viewers, I guess we're going to go to the Raw recap. Um, we're going to start off start off Monday Night Raw with uh, Kane and the Undertaker. Yeah. Oh, before that, uh, I wanted to commend them for starting off the show with a moment of silence. Oh, yes, for the, that's right. For the Paris terror attacks recently. Um, very classy of them to do. Um, that solidarity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, just a brief moment, but that's something that, you know, we as wrestling fans appreciate that they're 
you know, staying cognizant of that. Yeah, WU's got a pretty good track record of, you know, making positive strides with the Student G. Komen Foundation and, uh, and this as well. And they're always very tuned in politically, so mm-hmm. definitely appreciate that. Definitely, definitely. And, uh, yeah, as you were saying, first... After that very somber moment, though, we had one of the geekiest moments. Yes. I was so geeked <laughs> because we've had the Brothers of Destruction in the ring together. Mm-hmm. They've, they've made their, their, their allegiance... Their, their new their reallegiance known, but we haven't seen them pull an entrance together like that. That was amazing. No, and, and it was awesome. Like I loved the I loved a little bit of a swerve with the druids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mm-hmm. loved the uh, oh yeah Why, uh, Bray Wyatt. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was in the ring trying to give his eulogy to the Brothers of Destruction, and they mm-hmm. they came out um, to uh, have their word because you know obviously they're still kicking. Yeah, and um, yeah, they brought out all the druids, Undertaker's little uh, little minions that follow him to the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, during the promo, it turned out that uh, Bray Wyatt had brainwashed. Yeah, and gave him all sheep masks. This is some and, sci-fi stuff going on here. Yeah. And uh, the similar similar gimmick to when uh, Bray Wyatt uh, supposedly brainwashed all the children in the audience. John Cena, to yeah. A lot of John Cena. <laughs> so this is uh, Bray Wyatt's mind games are typical, but um, was not to be as the Undertaker and Kane provided a double choke slam for his troubles. Yeah, they tore through those guys like they're tissue paper, mm-hmm. which is the way it should be because they're the brothers the, of destruction. Even the. the, the Behemoth Braun Strowman was thrown over the announce table like yesterday's garbage. It was pretty impressive. But um, yeah, so that's setting up um, Survivor Series. We're gonna have Kane the Undertaker versus I think it's been announced Braun and uh, Bray Wyatt yep. are gonna be. So it's gonna just be a tag match. But I'd like to see a four four on four Survivor Series style. But, yeah, you know. you'd think it's like the Wyatt family is custom made for that. And that's now. how Undertaker debuted at Survivor Series twenty five years ago. It was in a, was in a. Uh, Survivor Series match. Mm-hmm. That's something we got to talk about too. Uh, Undertaker's 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Survivor Series is coming up. But um, before that, we'll move on to uh, Monday Night Raw. We had uh, Owens uh, defeating uh, Kevin Owens defeating uh, Adrian Neville. Yep, and the Survivor Series quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. This was a great match. Um, well, I... uh, Owens and Neville had a lot of time. They were big rivals back in NXT. Both former uh, uh, NXT champions. Um, they put on a great match. Owens was able to crush Neville in the end with a pop-up powerbomb. I was actually quite disappointed in this because, and I just want to point this out. I'll get it over with now. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin Owens is the Intercontinental Champion, mm-hmm. right? Dean Am- uh, 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 Alberto Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio is the United States Champion. I already know what you're going to say. And we'll get to this <laughs> in a bit. But both of them have advanced to the semifinals. Now that means both of them are going to wrestle for the World Heavyweight Championship at uh, Survivor Series. And um, you know they're not going to. Alberto's only been a United States champion for a couple, couple like a month now. Yeah. Kevin Owens is still he hasn't even really defended the IC title very much. Mm-hmm. So now they're competing for the World Heavyweight Championship. We know there's not going to be any other title matches. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, it's it just, you know, it's just not. They're not establishing the um, the credibility of these mid card belts by just making the holders number one contenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, Del Rio and Owens bo- are both natural heels, mm. and it's kind of face-heavy with Owens and Ambrose in it, t- I mean, uh, with uh, Reigns and Ambrose in it, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I would have liked to see some of these newer guys in here. I mean, and we- we're going to talk about that as we go on. I have Callisto. That was a great match. Yeah, uh, unf- like, I was looking forward to seeing him getting pushed. That kind of came out of nowhere, but it was great. There was also but... talk of, of uh, Dean Ambrose facing Owens for the IC title, getting that shot at Survivor Series. Obviously, that's not happening anymore. More. Right, so right. frustrating. Frustrating. After, after that, we had sort of a clunker. It was a uh, breeze. Tyler Breeze versus our truth. Yep. What is the deal with this? Our uh, truth still works uh, at World Wrestling Entertainment. Is what we learned. Uh, he honestly looked better than Breeze in this one, and the match wasn't great. And I'd like to point out that Rusev, who's almost, uh, almost, he's uh, he's north somewhere north of two fifty. Mm-hmm. He does a spinning heel kick, and that's not even his finishing move. 
Right. And the, it, and it looks pretty, better. What is it called? The pretty shot? Uh, the, yeah, the... Um, Something like that. Yeah, the... the glamour uh, shot. The glamour, yeah, the glamour be- shot. Beauty shot. Beauty shot. Beauty shot. See, beauty we don't shot. even remember this guy. We don't He's even know. He's such a loser. I, I mean, mean I, I, don't, I think his gimmick... I mean, we saw that the Adam Rose gimmick only worked in NXT. didn't work here. Yeah. This, uh, this, this, He's like Gorgeous George from the 1950s. It's not even, like, funny, you know? Yeah, and you talked about it last week, how he was reminiscent of some of those older school, like HBK, like, sure, sure. stuff like that. But sure. It's been he, done, though. Yeah, and it's been done, and he can't do it as well. I don't know if that's him or the booking or whatever, but he sure. just... He comes off as too, um, too. I don't want to use the word effeminate, but he's not enough of a competitor, and he's not dynamic enough in the ring. Sure, he just a lot of development left for Tyler Breeze. Yeah, and I, I just I didn't under, I don't understand why our truth is being used to job to Breeze when he's also given a big intro with the with, he wraps his way to the ring. The audience is always interacting with him. That's he's obviously very over. Yeah, they're they're yelling so, "What's up?" So right why, with him. So why is he jobbing to Tyler Breeze, who's only been there for a couple months? It's just. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. They're trying to push Breeze, you can tell. Yeah. Um, so more of that. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll see you get better, I guess. Um, then we had uh, Dean Ambrose. Yeah. And Dolph Ziggler put on a clinic. That was incredible. Uh, I enjoyed just about every minute of this match. The yeah. pin reversals were were oh, really yeah. fun. They can cut a pace, just like HBK and the Brett and, and the Hitman. Yeah, it's like it's just it's like watching a main event at some pay per view, or like yeah. not, maybe not just the the undercard mm-hmm. at a pay per view. Like you give these guys enough time. And you know they both they can as you said put on a clinic. It's great. Yeah, Ambrose had a he had a promo last week I think or maybe a couple weeks ago where he said mm-hmm. he wanted a gentleman's match. Mm-hmm. He wants hammer he wants hammer locks. He wants drop toe holds. You know he wants a gentleman's scuffle. He'll 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 brawl if he needs to, but mm-hmm. he really prefers that gentleman style, old school wrestling. And um, that's that's definitely what we got with uh, with uh, Ziggler and Ambrose. So mm-hmm. Ambrose beat Ziggler, so he advanced as well. Mm-hmm. He yeah. reversed into Dirty Deeds, which is always oh, a fun move. It was such a good segment. I yeah. loved it. He he didn't quite kick the legs out as hard, but he still was able to propel himself downward. Mm-hmm. And Ziggler knows how to sell that sort of thing, whether or not Ambrose was 100% on it either way. Yeah, so. it was a, he did it quickly. So. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and so after that, after that main, uh, you know, great match, we have... We had a pretty funny promo. With we the have new the new day coming out again, and their promo outshined the match by far. Yeah, I love the promo. You know how they take turns scoffing, like mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, as they're coming down. And they gotta get the mic yeah. right in their mouth when they do it, so you can hear it. It's just so deliberate and, and phony, and just such a good heel thing, you know. Yeah, and they're making fun of Jay Uso's WrestleMania injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Big E. I'm pretty sure improving, but he's just so comfortable out there. Like he's, they yeah. all just—they're a well-oiled machine now. They're great, and I, I can't wait to see what they're going to be doing at Survivor Series because I, I don't think a tag team title match has been announced yet. No, I didn't hear anything. I kn- I guarantee they're going to be there. They're too big right now. It's got to be New Day be, versus but... the Usos. That's what we're looking for. That night on Monday, we had the New Day versus the Usos and Ryback. Mm-hmm. And a six-man, what I'm calling the continuation of the six-man stupidity. Six-man oh, stupidity. Constantly doing these 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 six-man tag matches that have no effect on the storyline. Ryback, um, they don't know what to do with him. They yeah. put him in a six-man tag match. It, it's just it's a symptom of the New Day being a three-person team. doesn't really make a lot of sense to begin with, but... Mm-hmm. They're pretty entertaining. Um, this match was really short. Ryback gets to the ring, shoves the referee, and we got a disqualification. Biggie pokes the bear until he gets a DQ. Right. Uh, That's what they said, poke the bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and good night, did they? That guy's a monster. Yeah, he tore through New Day. But, um, you know, we saw the Usos in the ring. They're looking pretty good. Yeah. They're looking pretty good. Um, they, they obviously are very high-flying, very mm-hmm. active in the ring team. They've been out with injuries for a while. Mm-hmm. Glad to see them back, so. You know, more power to him. Yeah, and the new and the new day. They brought up that uh, everyone's focused on the Undertaker's anniversary. This is the one year anniversary of their disastrous debut. Mm-hmm. Remember them a year ago. Everybody hated them. 
They weren't over at all. They cut those uh, those initial promos before they debuted as a team. Where they were just like singing gospel music, and it just it seemed sort of contrived, yeah. and it just didn't make a lot of sense, like what this was. And it sort of has sort of taken on a life of its own, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I love what I love what uh, Woods because he he writes a lot of the promos from what mm-hmm. we hear, and in both of them, like you know, uh, Kofi and Biggie both bring a lot to it. Biggie's hip thrusting is not PG. <laughs> That drives you nuts. You bring that up every podcast. It's not PG. Yeah. It is disgusting. Uh, it's, it's, it, it gets him the heat, though. He gets him, gets him that Adrian Hedden heat, though. He's a 300-pound man driving yeah. in a singlet on national television. Great. He's the only one in the singlet, too. That cracks me up. Like, he has the, the cape coat, like that jacket with oh, the yeah. logo on it. He's dressed differently from both of them, and it's it's the funniest thing. Right. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was an entertaining match, albeit short. Um, then we moved into another uh, qualifying match for the tournament: Reigns uh, versus Cesaro. This match was also very, oh, very strong, very polarizing too. Mm-hmm. The ending, and we can talk more about this as we go on. Uh, I quite enjoyed the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they brought out the best in one another, sure. or more accurately, Cesaro brought out the best in Roman Reigns. And he did. Roman Reigns showed that he he can cut a pace too. They did hammerlocks. Mm-hmm. They did the old school stuff with uh, Cesaro and Roman Reigns. He he held his own with. Cesaro. I didn't feel like he was ever not engaged in that match yeah no he both of them were just bringing it their you know they're yeah. just bringing everything See, that's what they that's what reigns has needed this whole time is to be put in matches with technically gifted wrestlers that can help elevate his skills not the big show or kane yeah. or even triple h you know these old guys that he's got to carry mm-hmm. um, it's nice to see ambrose or i mean uh, reigns in a match with cesar it really brought out his technical skill set yeah. Now, what did you think about the ending? Because if you go and uh, you watch the highlights, like I watch the highlights to get ready for this podcast uh, to help supplement Raw, mm-hmm. uh, there are about fifty-fifty. Like half the people who watched it didn't like it. A lot of people. There's been a lot of backlash over it. What do you think about Reigns going over Cesaro? I knew it was going to happen the whole time. Yeah. Everyone knows that that's going to happen. Roman Reigns was the number one contender. Uh, Seth Rollins was injured. And he's vacated, and now there's a tournament for the title. So Roman Reigns, the fact that uh, Triple H made this storyline where he pushed him back to the beginning of the tournament, and now he's got to work his way through the t- You know he's going to win. Yeah. It's just like Vince McMahon telling Austin he's never going to be in the Royal Rumble. Austin goes and wins three of them in a row. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, it's the storyline. And um, I wasn't surprised. That's why I was, I was upset when I saw Cesaro and Reigns were going to be facing each other in a tournament this early because mm. you knew if you could see Cesaro and Reigns in the final, that would be – you know, because I I ruined for Cesaro number one for oh, all yeah. this, but um, you know, Reigns is uh he's got the he's he's the guy they're pushing right now. You can't complain too much. Yeah, I mean, the, just the the dogmatic attitude that they have, just that single mindedness with which they push him, kind of bothers me sure. sometimes. But um, at least they're picking a direction. At least they're not doing that fifty fifty crap where they have a guy win one lose one win one lose yeah. one. Like Reigns is clearly too powerful for that. Sure, and he can't afford to make it look like a joke because his power and his presence and his yeah. demeanor is by far his best attribute. And uh, yeah, and I'm very impressed yeah. with WWE for pulling this tournament out with such a such a random tragedy strike the champion and then having to just pull this tournament after King of the Ring, which was kind of abysmal. Mm-hmm. I was sort of you know. A little worried that this was going to be quick and all done in like two nights on the network, and we weren't going to get to see all the matches. But yeah. this is the king of the ring that we wanted, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's been good. Yeah, and can we talk about something else? Speaking of Roman Reigns, mm. there were a couple promos sprinkled throughout the night here, mm-hmm. where we you talked about the last temptation of Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. which is a great segment name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Triple H did the same thing with both yep. Del yep. Rio and Cesaro. Yep, he's going around campaigning to everybody. He wants one of them to be his new guy. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is interesting, but I sort of liked it more when it was just Roman Reigns 
because it kind of kept it focused. It's like I'm just tempting the good guy. Sure. And it's and I know it's adding a measure of unpredictability. Well, to he's got to build his corporation. If we're gonna have this really be Triple H as the authority, he needs a stable, a corporation. He needs to do that. And you know, I I think it's kind of cool. He's sort of in the back playing the Vince McMahon character. Yeah. Which is good to see. And I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad he's playing that character, and he's not just Triple H who comes out to talk yeah. sometimes. It's and gonna makes be decisions. unfocused until this tournament is over. You know. Mm-hmm. And I hope it comes back in a major way, like we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. potentially what they do with Roman Reigns could mm-hmm. make it a heck of a lot more interesting. Yeah. So I, th- I think we've we've had a pretty positive review so far. We've been uh, seeing flashes of brilliance, even from R-Truth against uh, Tyler Breeze. We can see that R-Truth is a good worker. We've seen a lot of good matches mm-hmm. last night. Then we came to the Ascension versus the Dudley Boys. Honestly, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would have forgotten about that match. The Ascension versus the Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys are one of the most decorated tag team champions. They make a comeback. They lose three in a row to the New Day. And now they're here playing against the Ascension again. Against the definition of jobbers. Again. The and they've beaten the Ascension. Their first match back was against the Ascension. Yeah. It's like they, you just know that they're they're low on the totem pole when they're facing the Ascension, who are just Road Warrior knockoffs, no matter how much they try to make it, the Cosmic Wasteland or whatever with Stardust, yeah. which that faction's not even materializing. Stardust wasn't even at ringside. It's been weeks. Yeah, and it was going to be uh, Stardust and Barrett, which I actually liked. Yeah. They, they were a crazy tag team. That was kind of cool, yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get the Ascension in there, too. I thought we were going to get some sort of faction, but then it just kind of eh, pitted off. Oh, but... well, yeah, so the Ascension <sighs> uh, lost to the Dudley Boys. They did a 3D on one of the Ascensions. And it was about a three-minute match. I don't know. I guess it was just to remind everybody that the Dudley Boys are back. Yeah, seriously. In case you forgot, but you probably did. It was such a huge deal. Nine, <laughs> nine-time tag team champs, and the whole uh-huh. the whole PCW premise champ. of this is we're you know they're gonna come back and get that tenth title, mm-hmm. and then it's like you know we have to wait, so it seems gratifying and you know makes better entertainment. But what are they doing with them now? Like, did they not get over as much as they thought they would, or they just appreciate they're, they're the new day? They're both a little soggy like, in the ring. Think? I mean, I just think they're both kind of soggy in the ring. I don't mm-hmm. think that um, you know they put them in the match with the new day, um, young, very dynamic performers, and it really showed that the Dudley Boys are. Really not. They're really. They, they seem kind of past their prime. Like when they're wrestling in the ring, um, they still cut great promos. Um, Bubba Ray is still Bubba Ray. <laughs> What's up, headbutt? You know, is still very. Uh, you know, enigmatic. But in the ring, they're slacking. Um, Devon tries to go for that high shoulder block. He's not getting his feet more than a foot off the ground these mm-hmm. days. I mean, it, they're just not looking very good in the ring, and that might have been the reason why they were given the push back down. Um, it just sucks because they're. Legends. So what is going to happen to them? You know, they can't just sit here facing the Ascension every week. Yeah. Now they got to get rid of them or give them a push. They're legends. You know, it's sort of polarizing when they bring back these legends. Yeah, and as tough, as, as tough of a choice as that is, they really do have to make up their mind. By the, did you see, it looked like at one point Bubba Ray did a rock bottom. Yeah. Did that, you see that? That was one of his signature moves in TNA when he was Bully Ray. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, look up Bully Ray. Bubba Ray mm. is Bully Ray. He was a singles competitor. He, I think he won a, a couple belts in TNA as a Bully Ray. It's He's quite a different personality. Yeah. It's interesting. People should check that out. And they'll have to look online because TNA currently has no television deals. <laughs> About so. that. Uh, <laughs> more right. on TNA later. Mm-mm. So then we had the final match in the qualifying for the quarterfinals. We had uh, Alberto Del Rio, the United States champion, taking on the black dark horse of the uh, the, of the tournament, mm-hmm. Callisto, um, someone we've never even seen compete in singles until this tournament. Yeah. And they put on a great match. Uh, I liked it right up until the ending. Uh, I, I agree with people who aren't on board with, um, what's it called, the Tree of Woe, mm-hmm. is, is, is Finn Balor, shout out, oh, uh, yeah. finishing move. Yeah. Uh, you could, I don't know, it just doesn't look as genuine. Like, Sasha Banks does a great version of this where she does double knees, and but she props her opponent up, though. Sure. Even with Callisto, you could clearly tell he's hanging onto the ropes, waiting yeah. for him to climb up there. You could, yeah. And it's, it's a little, it's yeah, it's, it's a little sloppy on that move. Um, seems like he's got quite a repertoire without it. 
Yeah, he, he has the cross arm breaker, which mm-hmm. people have been waiting to see ever since he came he back. He hasn't done it yet. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. That's interesting. You don't just bust out your you know your signature move right away. You sure. do a little bit of hype for it. Sure, but yeah. I, yeah. But, yeah, he put away uh, he put away Callisto uh, pretty soundly. Um, Callisto put up a good fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just to recap, we have uh, Kevin Owens is going to face uh, Dean Ambrose at Survivor Series, and we'll have Roman Reigns against Alberto Del Rio. And the winners of those two matches will face off for the World Heavyweight Champion. Who do you think is going to be – who who are they going to be the two? Who do you think? Um, well, I'd love to see a match between Reigns and Ambrose, but I don't think it's going to happen. That is what is going to happen. I... It is going to be WrestleMania 17 all over again when Stone Cold Steve Austin sold out to Vince McMahon and kicked the crap out of the rock to get the belt. It's going to be Ambrose and Reigns in the ring. Mm-hmm. Triple H is going to come down the rings over with a steel chair, and we're going to have a character. We're going to have a heel turn for we're, Roman Reigns. We're, yeah, we're going to have... We're gonna the have fans would Ambrose. love it. They yeah. would eat up Roman Reigns. They already want to hate him. Mm-hmm. They're dying to hate him. And uh, but he's still portrayed as a hero. Yeah, so, like he's like what a few years into his career, he's already getting reactions that John Cena gets a decade into his, mm-hmm. more than a decade into mm-hmm. his as a villain. Yeah, and it's um, and Stone Cold even talked about that. He said, uh, you know, you should put him over, you know, as a villain. Like The Rock was booed out of every building he mm-hmm. was in when he was mm-hmm. a babyface, and then when once he linked up with the Nation of Domination, once he started to be more of a heel, started to get more of his promo abilities down, then he became the People's Champion. People started on. cheering for him because you, know, yeah. you know the, the and uh, I think our guest earlier was talking about how the, the the heel being a heel portraying that character is actually a lot easier because people get to be different than who they are. You know, most people are decent individuals. Most people would probably, their personality would make them a fan favorite. You know, they wouldn't mm-hmm. want to cheat or be a jerk. But uh, mm-hmm. to be the heel, I think you can take a young talent, make them a heel, and that can really help them develop their character. And then when they turn favorite, then they're, they have that much more experience. Um, we've seen that with people like The Rock. Mm-hmm. And it's so. it's interesting. Like, this is something that's gone on just in the past few generations. Yeah. Where oh no, actually no, nah, it's not true. But like something that's been happening more and more frequently. Mm-hmm. Like these, you know, the heels are the favorites. It's like who yeah. are you, who are you supposed to boo? The when? anti-hero mentality, man. Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin kind of threw K-Fabe out the window, you know. And mm-hmm. so we'll see. Um, but yeah, realistically, we're probably going to see something like uh, Reigns and Ziggler or uh, Ambrose. Or, or what do you, what do you think? I don't know. I like. I'm hoping for what you're hoping for, and it's mm-hmm. Reigns and Ambrose, and I want Ambrose to someday win the title, and it's going to be the most cathartic, greatest moment ever. Mm-hmm. But I, part of me thinks they're going to have him go up against one of the heels because it's you right. know evenly stacked right now. Reigns but, against Owens or Del Rio, something like that. Yeah, and it's obvious Reigns is going to win, and they're not going to give someone else that other belt. They gave that honor to Seth Rollins for about a month, and then he dropped the United States back well, to yeah. John Cena. Well, Reigns will, yeah, Reigns will probably beat Del Rio. Yeah. And then it'll be Reigns versus either Owens or or, or so you're saying Owens is going to pin Dean Ambrose at Survivor Series? I don't know, man. I hope not. But champion versus champion, that would be pretty cool. Uh, Intercontinental champion uh, going for the for the real gold. That's, but yeah, that's uh, that's the Survivor Series tournament. We'll get back to Survivor Series here in a minute. At first, I just wanted to talk about the Charlotte Page contract signing. That was the final segment of Monday Night Raw, and it very controversially Ooh, yeah. um, been a lot of backlash about this. Basically, what happened was. Uh, Charlotte Flair's uh, little brother, Reed Flair. Charlotte is the daughter of the nature boy, Ric Flair, who we talked about earlier, one of the greatest of all time. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Um, but her, her uh, little brother, Ric Flair's youngest son, Reed, just recently passed away from cancer. Well, he passed away a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlotte has always said she's a pretty young wrestler, that that really propelled her into really making her dreams come true in the ring. Um, and it's a really touchy thing for her. And um, 
But uh, yeah, at the uh, at the contract signing, Paige, uh, Charlotte said she's gonna fight Paige, and Paige said, "Well, your little brother wasn't much of a well, you know." Yeah, he didn't have much fight she, in him or, or something. Y- like some that. something insensitive. I shudder to even say the exact words because I yeah. thought it was very insensitive. I read in the backstory though is that that might have been Charlotte's idea in the first place. But we'll get more into this when we talk about WWE news. Not everyone in her family even knew that. Mm-mm. Ric Flair, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, sixteen-time world champion, had no idea sitting at home watching that on television. He was crying. He he cried. Um, the the mother her mother was really upset. Went on Twitter uh, debasing WWE writers. At first, you think this Twitter reaction is part of the storyline because mm-hmm. if she was going to rip on Paige, then it would have been. But mm-hmm. she was she went right for the WWE writers, calling them lazy and cruel. Mm-hmm. And you know that that's that's probably not part of the storyline. Um, I think these people were legitimately upset that that was brought up, and they didn't expect it at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, yeah, so just... after she said that, uh, Charlotte speared Paige and multiple times beat the crap out of her. Yeah, it was it was quite a brawl, mm-hmm. especially from the women. You don't really see that too often. The women are all over the outside of the ring. Um, you know, the women's revolution I think is starting to take hold. With uh, I think Charlotte, we spoke earlier, she personality is a little bit lacking, but I think she has that ruthless aggression though, where she can just her personality can just be aggressive mm-hmm. and hard fighting. Yeah, it's in her move set. It's mm-hmm. in her. She's you know she's one of the most physical, probably the most physical. Uh, in terms of the divas, she has a yeah. she does a spear. I believe she's doing. I know I've seen Paige do it too. But, sure, but uh, she does it convincingly. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you don't really see uh, women's contract signings main event Raw, right? And that right. that was new. Well, we had uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey's match headlining NXT. You know that was the main. That was the last match of the night. Um, and then this to close out Raw is just a sign of the women's revolution in wrestling. Um, you know the emph- higher emphasis on women wrestling on the on the cable product, which is. Pretty exciting to see because some of these female wrestlers they put on quite a show. Oh um, yeah, you know, and the appeal is there. People love to watch it. Uh, if you just look at UFC, you, you can see the women's women in UFC definitely took off. So. Right. That's and that's for the past few days. That's all anyone's been able to talk about. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was almost sports entertainment. We won't get too into that, but <laughs> yeah. that was that was interesting. As but well. yeah, so yeah. Charlotte Page they're going to face off at Survivor Series for the title. A lot of grudge matches. A lot of grudge going into this match. So um, you know, we'll just see if they. These two are great actors. They get really upset and uh, very personal, mm-hmm. you know. So, so that was raw. That was uh, I thought it was a pretty good show overall. Yeah, I I left with sort of a sour feeling at the end because of that segment that just made me uncomfortable. Yeah, a little bit. It yeah, it reminded me of when uh, Randy Orton. This was a, this was a few years ago now. Sure, made a comment about Eddie Guerrero right uh, a- after he passed away, and it was it wasn't I don't know that just came off as it was it's like. He went. He went after one of his own. It's mm-hmm. like Paige went after one of her own. Someone who wasn't. Who was a wrestler. I, it. It just left a weird feeling. But it's still excitement for Survivor Series by far. Yeah, I mean, this is something that you don't see too much today in the PG era. Is the blending of the wrestlers, the characters, the the actors themselves, their personal uh, lives sometimes play out in storylines and wrestling. That used to be a big thing in the nineties. Um, you know, you had had things like uh, you know Vince McMahon and his wife. They were having marital problems, so now Vince has got this. You know, on TV, he's like cheating on her, and, re- and what is he really doing in real life? You don't really know, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of what this was. It reminded me of the Attitude Era. I, it did make you uncomfortable, but that's what wrestling's supposed to do. Honestly, right. when you still this, this this product is becoming very uh, PG, very easy to to not be offended by. So. Glad to see them bringing back some of that ruthlessness. That was good. Yeah, right, definitely. It was better to have a reaction than absolutely no reaction mm-hmm. at all. So, exactly. I mean, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that was Monday Night Raw. Um, we thought it was a good show overall. There was a little bit, a couple low points, but um, I think it, I think the product's overall getting pretty be- pretty good. It's getting better. Mm-hmm. 
Um, then, so we'll just talk about Survivor Series next. Um, we got the bracket, obviously, we talked about. Uh, Del Rio is going to face Roman Reigns. Owens is going to face Dean Ambrose. And um, we're, we're thinking it's probably going to be Ambrose and uh, uh, Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens is probably the most likely. The most likely. Reigns, most likely. Uh, Reigns and Ambrose is what we all want. Uh, but That's got to be what they I can't imagine what else they would do. <sighs> yeah. They're the two most over. Yeah, by far. That's by a marquee far. match. Yeah. And especially with the Reigns heel swerve. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be incredible. That'd be but... that's exactly what they need to do. Um, that would be almost as good as when Seth Rollins stole the championship at WrestleMania. Yeah, that was so unexpected, mm-hmm. and this would be like that. And that would harken back to mm-hmm. you know like when uh, they they recreated the Montreal Screwjob mm-hmm. at uh, Survivor Series '98. Yeah, with the Rock of Mankind. Oh, yeah, yeah, which which I which was a heck of a swerve. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully we see something interesting like that. Um, we need a swerve. We have too many. We have not seen a swerve in forever. We've not seen someone switch from villain to fan favorite to the other way around. That just doesn't happen that much anymore. Yeah, I mean, static characters. I mean, Paige sort of did it, but everybody kind of partially yeah. agrees with her about what she says about the women's revolution. Right now, she's more villainous because she's gone out and insulted Charlotte's family. Yeah, that really got her a lot of heat that I don't think she had and that she needed going into this grudge match was mm-hmm. was that. Well, Paige is really just a terrible person. Yeah. So that's what they want people to think. Whereas before, she came off as, you know, they called it the Paige Bomb, reminiscent of CM Punk. Yeah. Someone who came out, and no matter what you thought about him, they were saying something that was partially accurate. Right. Uh, but now she has the heat necessary to play the heel in this, and it's really going to be interesting what they choose to do as and who walks away with it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, okay, so after uh, aside from the tournament, we're going to have uh, Dolph Ziggler and uh, Tyler Breeze has been announced for a grudge match. Not really sure what the grudge is here. Um, kind of thought Dolph Ziggler dumped Summer Rae and that Summer Rae is now Tyler Breeze's girlfriend. So I don't really know what the grudge is. I, Tyler Breeze just wants to make a name for himself, maybe. I, I have no idea who, it's definitely a grudge who Summer Rae is anymore. <laughs> I have no idea what those characters are. She's I mean, that I blonde she's... lady in a miniskirt that runs out to the ring all the time. Yeah, <laughs> she's that diva who used to be an alright wrestler who doesn't perform yeah. anymore. Soap opera storylines don't work on the undercard. Yeah, no, they don't. I, and I don't like them anywhere on the card. Like, really, yeah. I mean, I mean, a little bit of, like, family drama, like, talk about family drama, talk about Wyatt family versus Roman Reigns and his. That's that's the kind of family drama you sure, need. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, you the know. The whole Vince McMahon, Linda McMahon, Trish Stratus mud thing when they dumped all the mud on Trish Stratus yeah. and you know, all that stuff was just, Vince is cheating on his. It's just, it, that, that was 2000, you know, mm-hmm. and that was too much. It, it was not wrestling. No. And... But at least that was visceral. You know, that was offensive. It was like a soap opera. It was like adult television. Mm-hmm. This Tyler Breeze, Summer Rae, Dolph Ziggler, Lena, Rusev, Love Triangle, Love uh, Pentagon, actually, yeah. is, um, is uh, it's just very PG and watered down, and it just doesn't get the reaction. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't feel that any of the performers involved like it. I mean, that's obviously something that's almost impossible to determine because they're all fine actors out there. Sure. But I just have a feeling that all of them want to get away from this. And it's I just look at everyone there, like Summer Rae or even Lana. You're all better than this. You are all capable of being better because I've seen it happen. Right. You can all cut better promos, put on better matches, have better psychology without any of that extraneous garbage yeah oh definitely yeah i mean ziggler can tell a story between the ropes like nobody else and hopefully hopefully we'll see one of those mm-hmm. at survivor series i think dolph ziggler and tyler breeze definitely has a lot of potential for a good match mm-hmm. um, we'll just see if they give them a good 30 minutes or if they make it about it's gonna be 19 seconds actually they make it more about the soap opera than you know we'll turn the channel i yeah. guess but <laughs> yeah, now we're gonna have five minutes where summer rage is screaming and mm-hmm. dean ambrose's face again or whatever and stop yeah. him from diving through the ropes <laughs> 
All right, so we mentioned Charlotte versus Paige. Obviously, I don't think we need to cover that again. That's nope. actually going to be a pretty good match. Um, mm -hmm. Buzz of the Brothers of Destruction are going to face Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. Mm -hmm. That should be very violent and physical. Um, who do you think is going to come out? I've read sources that say the Wyatt family has to go over. Um, I think the Wyatt family, for someone who's such a schemer, his character, Bray Wyatt, and for someone who's so devoted to his character, if, mm -hmm. you, if you watch any of those interviews or anything, I think he needs to go mm -hmm. over to prove that he is the new face of fear. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you have this issue of these guys, you know, brothers of destruction. Everyone has fond memories of them. Mm -hmm. They're one of the most destructive forces ever, not just in the WWE. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, they're great. But I really feel like Wyatt does need to establish some sort of legitimacy because he always comes out the loser in almost every feud. He's I in. lost to Undertaker at WrestleMania. Everyone kind of forgot about that. And it's like, there he, there he kind of did this. I don't think he can take, I don't think he, uh, Bray Wyatt could take another loss like that. Because no. he was buried for like a couple months because they just didn't have a way to write him back after losing to Undertaker at WrestleMania. Was that 31, 30? That was the, this most recent one? Yeah. 31. 31, yeah. WrestleMania 31. Um, so hopefully Wyatt can put over the under, can go over the Undertaker this time. Um, I, I think it would establish almost too much legitimacy for the Wyatt family and make them quite a force that people would really hate to watch yeah. just running ripshot all over the universe. So. <laughs> Which is the best use for him, you know? They're, you know, they're getting in John Cena's face, getting in Roman Reigns' face, like these very non-traditional wrestling guys, all of whom are very, very good. I know Braun Strowman's inexperienced. I think he's picking it up all right. Oh yeah, you know, he just plays his role very good well. Good powerhouse. But uh, yeah, I I think you should definitely give these guys some more legitimacy. I remember yeah. when they all broke up and went into singles competition. I was watching for which one of them wouldn't make it, but they all ended up doing all right. Yeah. It, especially Luke Harper. But yeah. I hope, yeah, I kind of hope they do go over as, as much as I feel like I'm betraying someone by saying that. <laughs> uh, me too, me too. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't like to think that, but, you know, we have to let go of The Undertaker. You know, he's, he's a legend. Yeah. And what happens with legends? Look at, look at all these other guys. They put the new guys over. That's what they do, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what The Undertaker wants to do because he is who he is. He's a wrestler. Right. Um, as a viewer, though, you want The Undertaker to win. I mean, you don't want his legacy to be sullied, but... So what do you, who do you root for in that, that case? That's what a heel's supposed to do, that's though. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you come in, you know, Brock Lesnar does not care, you know, what people think about him. Sure. And, you know, he got a lot of lot of backlash over that, which he probably barely even notices. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think Bray Wyatt can take that backlash he'll get if he goes over and really use it to his advantage, really sort of culminate that here. Absolutely. The Druid thing was brilliant. You know, just yeah. combining these gimmicks together, I just think that this storyline has, has really turned itself around. Um, and that's the I think that's the match that I'm most excited about just because I, I can't I can't I don't know how it's gonna end. Yeah. And however it ends, it's gonna be a huge deal. So mm -hmm. it's gonna have lasting impact on the uh, on the world of uh, well world wrestling entertainment at least. Definitely, I'm excited. Yeah. Great. Well, that, so that's um that's our Survivor Series preview. Those are sort of our some of our feelings, some of our predictions. Um, if you guys have any thoughts about it, feel free to uh, contact us. At on CM Life's Facebook page. Mm -hmm. But moving right along, we're going to move into our news in the industry. Now, this is the time when we talk outside the ropes and uh, discuss basically news items in the industry of professional wrestling. Um, there's been a lot this week, so let's get a, right to it. There's been a lot of trash talk this week. There's been a lot of trash is that, talk. Is that where we're going to start? That's mostly, it's going to be trash. It's going to, it's looking at my list here, there's a lot of trash talk oh, going yeah. on. Um, so Ronda Rousey, we've all heard about Ronda Rousey, lost to Holly Holm, um, over the weekend. Uh, I know what you're talking about, yep. <laughs> well, Taz, I don't know if anyone remembers Taz. He used to be a commentator. He's uh, the... He's the suplex guy. The human wrecking machine. Yeah. Right? The, uh, the uh, Human suplex machine. The human suplex yeah. machine. He's ECW, <laughs> born and bred. He was a commentator at WWE. He's an expert on the on the industry mm -hmm. and on, I don't know, he thinks that the Ronda Rousey fight was, was, was fixed. He mm -hmm. thinks that that was at work. He compared that to... 
professional wrestling and said that it was pretty obvious being a wrestler that they were that that was fake that mm-hmm. was that that kick to the head was she was ready for it yeah on his on his own podcast he mm-hmm. was he was talking about this because he has his own podcast now um talking about how you know uh you know she's been going through a lot of drama both sure. you know in the ring and out she's had three matches in nine months you know right. she needs a break and i agree with that but i highly doubt that has any legitimacy i think he's just just talking and i don't think he really knew what he did he just set a hand grenade off his hand and when he did that I guess, and we're not a UFC um, promotion or I mean, a podcast or anything, so yeah. I don't want to comment too much on this. But um, you know, Ronda Rousey is a, is a is a judo expert, right? She won the bronze medal for judo. She's a wrestler. She amateur wrestling, arm bars, submission holds. I didn't see a lot of groundwork in that fight. It was all striking. She tried to she tried to exchange punches with uh, Holly Holm, who's one of the best boxers in the world, mm-hmm. and got just destroyed. Yeah. So needed plastic surgery, actually. It's, so, it was so bad. So, like, um, it was fixed, I think, from the moment they signed it. Yeah, uh, yeah, great. Um, we won't comment too much on this because we're no experts, but um, excellent storytelling. It almost reminded me of a slightly watered-down version of Sasha Banks versus Bailey in terms of the dynamic between the two of them. Sure. I don't know if you're thinking that as well. A little bit, yeah. But, uh, you know, you have this younger powerhouse going up against this experienced champion who sure. more, has more of the superstar sort of, sure. you know. Yeah, but... Yeah, so sorry about that, Taz. He probably didn't know, not know what he was walking into <laughs> on that one. Yeah, sometimes I feel like these wrestler guys think they can comment on real, on like actual athletics, and you know, no, not not to say these wrestlers aren't athletes, but um, you know, um, they start to comment on things that are not scripted, and um, you know, I don't know. It's treated very differently in other in other sports. I hope someone will engage Taz online and tell him what's what's really going on here. Yeah. Um, and then we, we mentioned earlier Charlotte and Ric Flair, um, whole thing with uh, Reed Flair. He, 2013, he died of cancer. They brought it up on Raw. Uh, his parents, uh, Rick and, uh, and his wife, were very upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I read an article, a column by uh, J- good, old, good old J.R. Jim Ross. You know, he's still around. I read that. Too. He, yeah. he said he would have passed on that skit. And that's coming from a guy from the Attitude Era. Yeah. Uh, Jim Ross has, in kayfabe, in the storyline, been yeah. peed on. He's been lit on fire. He's been hit with steel chairs. Thrown out the ring. Thrown out of the everything. Ring. I mean, he's he was a part He was a part of the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. I mean, you talk about <laughs> he just was, tasteful storylines. <laughs> Ross, is, he didn't used to pass on things like that. And, yeah. But this, he would have passed on. You know, Jim Ross got a start in the uh, National Wrestling Alliance, uh, mainly covering Ric Flair mm-hmm. when Ric Flair was first coming up. And so he has a lot of, a lot, a, a lot of people don't realize they think of Jim Ross as a WWF guy, but he really started on NWE, WCW, and him and uh, Ric Flair, I think, had a real bond. That was his first Stone Cold, Stone Cold thing. Stone Cold, so yeah. So Flair obviously has a lot of respect for, uh, or Ross has a lot of respect for Ric Flair. So mm-hmm. that's and, probably why. He's and I love hearing uh, Jr. as I don't know. I find myself referring to him as that now, like uh, weighing in on these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I think, he sort of understands the climate now better than some people in the industry. Absolutely. Like he still follows it. He still, you know, he still makes himself relevant even though he's distanced himself from WWE yeah. a little bit. So. They lost a good talent. You know why they fired him, right? Yeah, because uh, not for standing up for himself, that was Del Rio, but because, you know, he was hazed and bullied, basically, from what I understand. I mean, those are powerful words, but... Jim Ross? Yeah. Yeah, um, well, uh, another situation with Jim Ross towards the end of his career, they had a panel discussion with some local legends. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair was on that panel discussion. He was wasted, and Jim Ross wasn't able to contain him, and he made a fool of himself, so they fired Jim Ross. That was the explanation. What's the explanation I've heard? Okay, I've heard that Jim Ross wasn't treated well behind the scenes. Yeah. Which I've heard. I don't well, know. Well, that doesn't sound like being treated very well behind the scenes. That's, that's absolutely <laughs> true. But. So it's interesting. Um, Ross yeah. still very, you know, I think he's definitely in the Ric Flair camp. So uh, he, was, he was supporting. We don't usually hear him in the media too much. So it was a pretty big deal for him to speak on anything. 
Um, moving along, uh, Goldberg. Have you read about this? I hadn't heard about this. Goldberg has been approached by TNA and is considering a return to the ring. Ooh. Now, Bill Goldberg is not really a wrestler. He was a wrestler for a few years. Mm. He's, uh, he was on the Atlantic, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, I believe. He's a, he's a football player. Before that, yeah. Yep, and he, he was he was in WCW. He had an undefeated streak, biggest stars in WCW ever. Mm-hmm. They brought him to WWE a few years later, and it was kind of it kind of fell flat. Yeah. Um, you know, Vince, with Brock Lesnar, Vince McMahon not. isn't really good. They're not really good at putting over characters that were famous outside of WWE before they come. They're not really good at capitalizing on a preconceived celebrity like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, Goldberg's never had a very good relationship with WWE. He was very opposed to the Attitude Era, and that really sullied his opinion of Vince McMahon and everybody. Apparently, he's a very religious man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but he, TNA approached him, and they don't have a TV deal. So this shows that, that Goldberg is interested about getting back in the ring. And uh, if he is, WWE is the only game in town. So. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and it's like that dilemma. Like he does, you know, he's nervous about approaching them, but also, is, you know, TNA is offering them this this quote unquote in where he could, uh, you know, potentially get back into it. And that you, that's a really common thing. Like someone will retire or get away sure. from the industry for a few years, and then you know want to come back in it because of you know the a multitude of reasons. Here's, here's my question for you about Goldberg, though. Do you think they should sign him? Oh man, I don't know. Could um, they use Goldberg? The way they threw away the Dudley Boys, like yeah. Sting. The the way that the way that TNA just puts its talent through the meat grinder. Sure. I don't I don't know if they could. Oh, but should WWE sign Goldberg? Oh, though? if he doesn't go to TNA, TNA does not have a TV deal. They've approached him. They're not going to make any money. They're not even on television. Right. They're on pay per view only. So this shows that he's interested. So they're saying WWE might approach Goldberg, mm. knowing that he's now interested because he's not in, he hasn't been interested in the industry for a long time. Um, should they sign Goldberg though? Could they try it again? They tried once and it didn't really work out. I don't know, man. Like he was so over in WWE, WCW, so yeah. over in WCW. And like yet yeah, there was that even back then that divisive reaction towards him, both with you know in the locker room the yep. the Chris Jericho story. Well, he's not from the, he's not old school. You know, he's not a school of the uh, of wrestling. He's not a student of the. He's not a student. He's not of a pro student wrestling. of the game. Yeah, but uh, it, you know that's what made his presence so interesting is that he was this other like the only one who's achieved that. You know, Brock Lesnar kind of has that other status, but not even yeah. not even remotely the same way. No, but uh, I'm I, I don't I don't really think so. I, I don't know what they could do with him. I'd, I'd like to keep the good memories I have. This you know? mid-card in it's, WWE is flourishing right now, and I feel like dropping Goldberg in there to, to do what exactly? I don't know. Yeah. And and he wasn't, um, not to just dismiss Goldberg, but, you know, he wasn't the safest of workers. No. Like, you know, the, the that The end of Bret Hart's career. Yeah, the kick that ended Bret Hart's career, unfortunately. And uh, not to accuse him of anything, but I'm I, I'm not really sure, man. What do you think? They should bring him back. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I, it'd be interesting if they did. Uh, it'd be. They need a really good heel position for him to feud with. They need someone established. Like a Seth Rollins would have been a good feud for Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that could have worked, but without anybody like that, I can't see. I could see Goldberg coming in having a one on three against New Day. That might be fun, but that would be the New Day. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, I I don't think they should sign him. I don't think they have any use for him. I think we need to. S- the WWE has had a problem where they just take these legends and just bury the, the mid card. And I think our mid card is now starting to really flourish. And with this tournament going on, mm-hmm. Seth Rollins just had a good reign as world champion. I thought it was a great reign. He's a pretty new guy too. Mm-hmm. He's not a legend by any means. Um, I think we should focus on the new generation. Definitely, definitely. That's the 1995 theme. You know, the Razor Ramones, the uh, Diesels, the Shawn Michaels, the new generation. That's. Yeah, and these guys can That's do great things right when we give them time for it. You know, when they get the, you know, when they get time for main event on Raw mm-hmm. or SmackDown, you know, they can do incredible things. And I'd like to see them, you know, more and more main events just being these new guys. Just, sure. 
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much room for Goldberg. Um, another item, Nikki Bella. Um, finally found an update on her uh, her injury. She's uh, got bulging discs in her back of her neck. She suffered a neck injury at a recent match. Mm-hmm. She's going to be out for at least six more weeks. So that's the update on Nikki Bella. <laughs> I don't think anybody really, you know, not to be mean to her, but uh, they're doing well without her. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, the Bella, the Bella faction, the Bella, I would say Bella Twins, but uh, Alicia Fox is in there too sure. for some reason. Team Bella. Team Bella. Uh, they're, they don't really have much to do with them right now, so I think it's a perfect time for her to take a break, maybe sure. come back as a heel. John Cena's taking later. a break too. We yeah. might have a little kid here. Maybe. Think about it. <laughs> maybe. They're not married yet, are they? No, I don't know. I remember. I don't think so, no. Yeah, we were talking about Total Divas, man. There was like, we, the, the, From yeah. what we have seen on Total Divas, they did talk about John Cena, <laughs> and he doesn't want to get married. So yeah. sorry, Nikki Bella, but you got John Cena taking some time off. You got Nikki Bella taking some time off. They're really they're a couple. They've been a couple for a long time. Mm-hmm. They might have a baby. Uh, you know, the, 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 the uh, nosy grandmother in me <laughs> would suggest that. <laughs> so moving right along, Billy, badass Billy Gunn. Oh, I heard about this. Fired. Billy done. Gunn has been fired. Done. He's the done. badass Billy Gunn fired. One half of the New Age Outlaws, part of the D-Generation X, some of the biggest uh, successful singles wrestler, IC champion, but um, really flourished a lot in the in the, uh, the in factions like DX. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he's been fired. He failed the drug test. He was a big trainer. He uh, We saw him on uh, Tough Enough. Yeah, he was uh, he was probably the harshest trainer on Tough Enough. Yeah. And uh, he was also – he's a power lifter. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And they – and, you know, that's – so I did the gorilla press. Yeah, which is um, not something that's brought up a lot, but I know, I know he was trying to explain himself, and but he just got Yeah, he was in a weightlifting dumped. competition. Yeah. He failed their drug test. It wasn't WWE's drug test, but they just fired him anyways because it's part of their wellness policy. Yeah, No drugs if you're going to be a wrestler. Yeah. I think any, just, anybody could attest to that. Um, I don't know if you saw Bound for Glory, TNA, 2011, Sting versus Jeff Hardy. I did not see that. Jeff Hardy was wasted the whole time. It's the worst match ever. I heard about this. It lasted five seconds. Sting forcibly had to pin his shoulders right. to the ground. Th- this is that match. Yeah, okay. that's the kind of thing that can happen if these guys are on drugs when they get in the ring. Billy Gunn fired. One of my favorites. Um, obviously, Dolph Ziggler uses the famous a lot, but uh, mm-hmm. that's Billy Gunn's original finisher. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's fired. Um, he might be brought back, though. People recover from this. Mm-hmm. We've seen it before. So, poor Billy Gunn. I'm yeah. Yeah. Now a lot's been going on on Twitter lately, and okay, let's uh, get to the Twitter. Feed. Yeah, talking about yes. more. You know, this is becoming more and more of a theme. Like storylines continuing or uncomfortably not continuing. We d- we're not really sure about this sure. on social media. Social, WWE has really tried to embrace social media, though. Mm-hmm. Which which is great, you know. Which is um, you know not a risk that would have been taken or even thought of. I mean, a decade ago, like this, you know, it would have sounded absurd. But uh, it can really advance storylines, and it can also make us question things a little bit uh let's get to the lana and page stuff did you hear about this one lana and page they had some sort of a tiff i i yeah, yeah uh lana is back training at the wwe performance center as right. per her twitter right. i know she's been training mm-hmm. she got she injured her wrist i believe in september mm-hmm. and she's been keeping everybody updated as she's been getting back right. into okay. shape yeah. and then trying to also train to be you know to compete on that level at the same time and she said something about uh, Paige not treating her well in NXT. I believe she used the word bullying. And then there was this whole convoluted series of events where the initial Twitter post was deleted. And then uh, Paige told her to stop trying to get a storyline on Twitter. And then Summer Rae insisted Paige isn't a bully. And I, I don't, I haven't checked it in the past few hours. But <laughs> and then apparently I've heard rumors that uh, WWE is seriously talking about this, and this is not something that they were doing. 
Uh, but I, I can't confirm any of that. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? That's uh, it's an interesting situation. Um, you know, the fans obviously. I mean, the social media thing with WWE has not going on for a while. You had mm-hmm. John Cena and The Rock building up to WrestleMania using Twitter. The Rock wasn't on TV. He was shooting movies. John Cena's in the ring. They had a Twitter war going on for over a year, mm-hmm. more than a year, if you saw, when they um building up the WrestleMania match. So fans, when they see a wrestler on their official WWE Twitter account, or even if it isn't their official account, say something, they think it's part of the storyline, especially if it's a conflict between two. Mm-hmm. So I think these women got to be really careful. I think it was probably wrong of Lena to go break kayfabe and start complaining. About her treatment in, in NXT. Yeah, or even if, or even if she wasn't, uh, the bullying—that's a really sensitive word. Like sure. even talking about it, you and me, have, you know, treat that word with some sensitivity sure. uh, and everything. And it's—I don't know—it's um, not the greatest idea. I mean, Lana and Paige would, I guess, be interesting, but we're so far from that that it's kind of hard to imagine. Yeah, I don't think it was part of the storyline. I think uh, Lana was just kind of whining. You know, yeah. she was getting probably a little haze there, but that's what happens when you're, you know. Just starting out. Yeah, and Paige has been wrestling since she's 13. We she talked was... to Ricky Cartier about how they just kicked the crap out of him for eight months, yeah. you know, and they probably, you know, said some things to him too. And, you know, you got to be ready for that when you go into wrestling, I think. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a very tough thing to get involved in, you know. Yeah, and that's often, um, you know, everybody tries to talk about how that's not as much of a problem anymore, but it's just it's just kind of that, that culture. And um, you get people who are more old school, like Paige, or whole, you know, she's from a wrestling family. Um, but I, it's, it's interesting when you just kind of see that clash a little bit, I think, uh, as a result. So, okay. Anything else from the gossip on social media? Uh, yeah. I don't want to be known as a social media guy, but Melissa Joan Hart, uh, Kevin Owens. Melissa Joan Hart has started giving Monday Night Raw, um, commentary on Twitter. Yeah. The star of, uh, Clarissa explains it all for all you Nickelodeon fans out Mm -hmm. there. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, how we how we know her uh and she started uh i think she called kevin owens a lazy wrestler mm-hmm. and kevin owens was having none of it in uh in and out of kayfabe just blocked her <laughs> blocked her yeah that, that wasn't that wasn't that couldn't have been a storyline no. either but but some people said that he did that he does that on his social media to make himself seem like more of a jerk yeah and uh kingston woods followed him <laughs> they, they both said we got you back owens and they did it with him yeah and, uh, I don't know why Melissa Joan Hart thinks she can talk about wrestling. I don't know who, like, what her connection is to pro wrestling. I guess she's probably a fan. Yeah, she tried to correct her statement later. She tried to append it with something along the lines of, uh, you know, I believe he should get more time in the ring, and I believe it's booking's fault. But just coming out and calling him lazy, lazy wrestler, just since when does Clarissa explain it all? Like, how, what? I guess she in her personal life is into wrestling. I don't know. I don't yeah. know where credibility comes from to commentate. And when she tries to correct her statement, she's then criticizing the writers of WWE, yeah. which reveals, I mean, she knows even less about that than what she's watching on television. Mm-hmm. So I, damn, I shut up. <laughs> yeah, just just don't don't try to we just get go on it. the record that I am telling Melissa Joan Hart to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. CMLife.com, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, let's get away from Twitter, huh? Well, okay. Right. Um, the last thing I do, you have any more news? Uh, <laughs> this is this is something that I I I got a kick out of yet at the same time as so abysmal. Uh, Paige and Miz are in a new WWE Christmas movie. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. What's that? Santa's little helper. <laughs> yeah, Santa's little helper. That should be abysmal. That should be awful. Not as bad as the Marine Four, I hope. No. Maybe that one actually. This one will actually have jokes in it instead of just laughable acting. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't think the Miz is a bad actor. I don't think he's. I don't think he's as bad as um, he does he, as his character is. Sure. Uh, I think. I think he's as a fairly competent actor, but 
I mean, they just make the worst movies, man. Like, yeah. even the first Marine with John Cena that came out like 10 years ago. I don't know why ago. WWE thinks it needs a movie property. They, movies are always mm -hmm. terrible. Yeah. And then Randy Orton is going to be in, like, The Condemned 2 or something what like that. What the hell is The Condemned? <laughs> well, the first one, I believe, had Steve Austin in it. But yeah, it did, yeah. <laughs> the Kane movies. The Kane movies were okay. Kane playing a slasher yeah. villain, but eh, stop making movies. Yeah. Just focus on writing good storylines because that's what we're really in need of, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, um, I think I, I've saved the largest item on my list of news for the very end here. Um, we had the unfortunate passing oh, of yes. WWE legend Nick Bockwinkle. Mm -hmm. um, he died at age 80. Um, complications from Alzheimer's uh, happened on Saturday, November 14th. Um, and, we, yeah, we, I think, um, you know, let's just talk about Nick Bockwinkle a little bit here. He, uh, he was heavyweight champion in the American Wrestling Association for five years straight. Mm -hmm. Which was you know was kind of common back then. He defeated Vern Gagne, who was the owner of AWA, who was the eight year. He was been ready for eight years. Um, and uh, you know, and a little side note on Vern Gagne, the promoter of AWA has the belt for eight years. Um, this is the the genesis of the Kevin Nash mentality, where the bookers put themselves in the main event. Yes, this is also the genesis of one of the most ironic things Fritz to happen. Von Eric as well. Yeah, where Hulk Hogan left because there wasn't enough mobility because he was that young over superstar. Sure. And they wouldn't let him go anywhere. Sure. Oh, how how time has passed like right. but uh so, yeah you're yep. right that kevin nash mentality but mm -hmm. so Bachwinkle he beat Vern gagney who was the champion for eight five more years obviously that that was they used to have much longer reigns back then um mm -hmm. but nick Bachwinkle was it was a real legend um he was one of the first guys to use the pile driver um he also used the sleeper hold as his finisher mm -hmm. both moves that we don't really view as finishers anymore though pile driver's been banned so that could build it up to be a finisher one day, hopefully. Yeah, um, yeah Nick Bockwinkle wrestled from 55 to 87. He was always loyal to AWA. Mm -hmm. Also the tag team champ. Yeah, he was tag team champ. Yeah, he, mm -hmm. I mean, he's a legend. He was there for more than 30, 32 years he was in AWA, mm -hmm. um, based out of Minnesota. Um, WWE Hall of Fame in 2007, and I just want to say that he was pretty much the, the first guy to do the snobby Chris Jericho. If you watch his interviews, he's very mean mm -hmm. and villainous, but he's very calm and collected, and he's just... Very calmly just calling people names and very articulate with the words. You know, I think one of the ones I read was he called people, uh, what was it? I think I have it written down. Cretinous numb humanoids was one of his <laughs> lines. You know, a little bit a little bit of classy Freddie Blassie, a little Barbie the Brain Heen, and that sort, of, that sort of articulate heel that you just love to hate and you can't help it, but they're right. Yeah, and you hit it right on the head when you mentioned uh, Y2J. Chris Jericho calling people these, you know, insufferable tapeworms mm -hmm. and having all these names for them. And it's sort of interesting to go back and look at where that sort of thing came from and uh, how yeah. it was still so entertaining. Bockwinkle had a lot of high-profile matches with the likes of pe people like Hulk Hogan, you know, people like, uh, you know, he trained with Luthez. Um, but, yeah, he'd have matches with, uh, you know, all, all the legends back then. Um, okay. Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund. Yep, yeah, yeah, he dude. had some famous matches with Bob Backlund. Mm -hmm. um, Nick Bockwinkle, he faced all the greatest, and um, he's just another wrestler dead. At least he lived to be 80 instead of some of these other guys. So, mm -hmm. Rest in peace, Nick Bockwinkle. Thank yeah. you for everything. Yes, wrestling will miss you. Thank wrestling you so much. Okay. Well, I think that's all we had for tonight, right? Yep. Um, uh, Superstar of the Week was uh, given to Nick Bockwinkle, so that's the official choice for this mm -hmm. week. Um, mm -hmm. Next week we'll have another one, mm -hmm. and we'll have another guy from the local independent uh, wrestling scene. Awesome. So, um, so, Trip Was, thanks for listening to the Ringmasters podcast. Again, my name is Adrian Headache Hedden. And I am Grant LaFave. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks.